Paul's first letter to the church in Thessalonica, chapter 1. This is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church in Thessalonica, the people of God the Father and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that God will be kind to you and will bless you with peace. We thank God for you and always mention you in our prayers. Each time we pray, we tell God our Father about your faith and loving work and about your firm hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. My dear friends, God loves you, and we know he has chosen you to be his people. When we told you the good news, it was with the power and assurance that come from the Holy Spirit, and not simply with words. You knew what kind of people we were and how we helped you. So, when you accepted the message, you followed our example and the example of the Lord. You suffered, but the Holy Spirit made you glad. You became an example for all the Lord's followers in Macedonia and Achaia, and because of you the Lord's message has spread everywhere in those regions. Now the news of your faith in God is known all over the world, and we don't have to say a thing about it. Everyone is talking about how you welcomed us and how you turned away from idols to serve the true and living God. They also tell how you are waiting for his son Jesus to come from heaven. God raised him from death, and on the day of judgment, Jesus will save us from God's anger. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 My friends, you know that our time with you wasn't wasted. As you remember, we had been ill-treated and insulted at Philippi. But God gave us the courage to tell you the good news about him, even though many people caused us trouble. We didn't have any hidden motives when we won you over, and we didn't try to fool or trick anyone. God was pleased to trust us with his message. We didn't speak to please people, but to please God who knows our motives. You also know that we didn't try to flatter anyone. God himself knows that what we did wasn't a cover-up for greed. We were not trying to get you or anyone else to praise us. But as apostles, we could have demanded help from you. After all, Christ is the one who sent us. We chose to be like children, or like a mother nursing her baby. We cared so much for you, and you became so dear to us that we were willing to give our lives for you when we gave you God's message. My dear friends, you haven't forgotten our hard work and hardships. You remember how night and day we struggled to make a living, so that we could tell you God's message without being a burden to anyone. Both you and God are witnesses that we were pure and honest and innocent in our dealings with you followers of the Lord. You also know that we did everything for you that parents would do for their own children. We begged, encouraged and urged each of you to live in a way that would honour God. He is the one who chose you to share in his own kingdom and glory. We always thank God that you believed the message we preached. It came from him, and it isn't something made up by humans. You accepted it as God's message, and now he is working in you. My friends, you did just like God's churches in Judea, and like the other followers of Christ Jesus there, 
And so you were ill-treated by your own people in the same way they were ill-treated by their people. Those Jews killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets, and they even chased us away. God doesn't like what they do, and neither does anyone else. They keep us from speaking his message to the Gentiles and from leading them to be saved. The Jews have always gone too far with their sins. Now God has finally become angry and will punish them. My friends, we were kept from coming to you for a while, but we never stopped thinking about you. We were eager to see you and tried our best to visit you in person. We really wanted to come. I myself tried several times, but Satan always stopped us. After all, when the Lord Jesus appears, who else but you will give us hope and joy and be like a glorious crown for us? You alone are our glory and joy. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 Finally, we couldn't stand it any longer. We decided to stay in Athens by ourselves and send our friend Timothy to you. He works with us as God's servant and preaches the good news about Christ. We wanted him to make you strong in your faith and to encourage you. We didn't want any of you to be discouraged by all these troubles. You knew we would have to suffer, because when we were with you, we told you this would happen, and we did suffer, as you well know. At last, when I could not wait any longer, I sent Timothy to find out about your faith. I hoped that Satan had not tempted you and made all our work useless. Timothy has come back from his visit to you and has told us about your faith and love. He also said that you always have happy memories of us and that you want to see us as much as we want to see you. My friends, even though we have a lot of trouble and suffering, your faith makes us feel better about you. Your strong faith in the Lord is like a breath of new life. How can we possibly thank God enough for all the happiness you have brought us? Day and night we sincerely pray that we will see you again and help you to have an even stronger faith. We pray that God our Father and our Lord Jesus will let us visit you. May the Lord make your love for each other and for everyone else grow by leaps and bounds. That's how our love for you has grown. And when our Lord comes with all his people, I pray that he will make your hearts pure and innocent in the sight of God the Father. One Thessalonians chapter four. Finally, my dear friends, since you belong to the Lord Jesus, we beg and urge you to live as we taught you, and then you will please God. You are already living that way, but try even harder. Remember the instructions we gave you as followers of the Lord Jesus. God wants you to be holy, so don't be immoral in matters of sex. Respect and honor your wife. Don't be a slave of your desires or live like people who don't know God. You must not cheat any of the Lord's followers in matters of sex. Remember, we warned you that he punishes everyone who does such things. God didn't choose you to be filthy, but to be pure. So if you don't obey these rules, you're not really disobeying us. You're disobeying God, who gives you his Holy Spirit. We don't have to write to you about the need to love each other. 
God has taught you to do this, and you already have shown your love for all his people in Macedonia. But, my dear friends, we ask you to do even more. Try your best to live quietly, to mind your own business, and to work hard, just as we taught you to do. And then you'll be respected by people who are not followers of the Lord, and you won't have to depend on anyone. My friends, we want you to understand how it will be for those followers who have already died. Then you won't grieve over them and be like people who don't have any hope. We believe that Jesus died and was raised to life. We also believe that when God brings Jesus back again, he will bring with him all who had faith in Jesus before they died. Our Lord Jesus told us that when he comes, we won't go up to meet him ahead of his followers who have already died. With a loud command and with the shout of the chief angel and a blast of God's trumpet, the Lord will return from heaven. Then those who had faith in Christ before they died will be raised to life. Next, all of us who are still alive will be taken up into the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the sky. From that time on, we will all be with the Lord forever. Encourage each other with these words. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 I don't need to write to you about the time or date when all this will happen. You know that the Lord's return will be as a thief coming at night. People will think they are safe and secure, but destruction will suddenly strike them like the pains of a woman about to give birth, and they won't escape. My dear friends, you don't live in darkness— and so that day won't surprise you like a thief. You belong to the light and live in the day. We don't live in the night or belong to the dark. Others may sleep, but we should stay awake and be alert. People sleep during the night, and some even get drunk. But we belong to the day, so we must stay sober and let our faith and love be like a suit of armour. Our firm hope that we will be saved is our helmet. God doesn't intend to punish us, but wants us to be saved by our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ died for us, so that we could live with him, whether we are alive or dead when he comes. That's why you must encourage and help each other, just as you are already doing. My friends, we ask you to be thoughtful of your leaders, who work hard and tell you how to live for the Lord. Show them great respect and love because of their work. Try to get along with each other. My friends, we beg you to warn anyone who isn't living right. Encourage anyone who feels left out. Help all who are weak and be patient with everyone. Don't be hateful to people just because they are hateful to you. Rather, be good to each other and to everyone else. Always be joyful and never stop praying. Whatever happens, keep thanking God because of Jesus Christ. This is what God wants you to do. Don't turn away God's Spirit or ignore prophecies. Put everything to the test. Accept what is good and don't have anything to do with evil. I pray that God, who gives peace, will make you completely holy, 
And may your spirit, soul, and body be kept healthy and faultless until our Lord Jesus Christ returns. The one who chose you can be trusted, and he will do this. Friends, please pray for us. Give the Lord's followers a warm greeting. In the name of the Lord, I beg you to read this letter to all his followers. I pray that our Lord Jesus Christ will be kind to you. Paul's Second Letter to the Church in Thessalonica, Chapter 1 This is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. To the Church in Thessalonica, the people of God our Father, and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ will be kind to you, and will bless you with peace. My dear friends, we always have good reason to thank God for you because your faith in God and your love for each other keep growing all the time. That's why we boast about you to all God's churches. We tell them how patient you are, and how you keep on having faith, even though you are going through a lot of trouble and suffering. All this shows that God judges fairly, and that he is making you fit to share in his kingdom for which you are suffering. It is only right for God to punish everyone who is causing you trouble. But he will give you relief from your troubles. He will do the same for us when the Lord Jesus comes from heaven with his powerful angels and with a flaming fire. Our Lord Jesus will punish anyone who doesn't know God and won't obey his message. Their punishment will be eternal destruction, and they will be kept far from the presence of our Lord and his glorious strength. This will happen on that day when the Lord returns to be praised and honoured by all who have faith in him and belong to him. This includes you, because you believed what we said. God chose you, and we keep praying that God will make you worthy of being his people. We pray for God's power to help you do all the good things that you hope to do, and that your faith makes you want to do. Then, Because God and our Lord Jesus Christ are so kind, you will bring honour to the name of our Lord Jesus, and he will bring honour to you. 2 Thessalonians, Chapter 2 When our Lord Jesus returns, we will be gathered up to meet him. So I ask you, my friends, not to be easily upset or disturbed by people who claim that the Lord has already come. They may say that they heard this directly from the Holy Spirit, or from someone else, or even that they read it in one of our letters. But don't be fooled. People will rebel against God. Then, before the Lord returns, the wicked one who is doomed to be destroyed will appear. He will boast and oppose everything that is holy or sacred. He will even sit in God's temple and claim to be God. Don't you remember that I told you this while I was still with you? You already know what is holding this wicked one back until it is time for him to come. His mysterious power is already at work, but someone is holding him back, and the wicked one won't appear until that someone is out of the way. Then he will appear, but the Lord Jesus will kill him simply by breathing on him. He will be completely destroyed by the Lord's glorious return. 
When the wicked one appears, Satan will pretend to perform all kinds of miracles, wonders, and signs. Lost people will be fooled by his evil deeds. They could be saved, but they will refuse to love the truth and accept it. So God will make sure that they are fooled into believing a lie. All of them will be punished, because they would rather do evil than believe the truth. My friends, the Lord loves you, and it is only natural for us to thank God for you. God chose you to be the first ones to be saved. His Spirit made you holy, and you put your faith in the truth. God used our preaching as his way of inviting you to share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, that's why you must remain faithful and follow closely what we taught you in person and by our letters. God our Father loves us. He is kind and has given us eternal comfort and a wonderful hope. We pray that our Lord Jesus Christ and God our Father will encourage you and help you always to do and say the right thing. Two Thessalonians, chapter 3 Finally, our friends, please pray for us. This will help the message about the Lord to spread quickly, and others will respect it, just as you do. Pray that we may be kept safe from worthless and evil people. After all, not everyone has faith, but the Lord can be trusted to make you strong and protect you from harm. He has made us sure that you are obeying what we taught you, and that you will keep on obeying. I pray that the Lord will guide you to be as loving as God and as patient as Christ. My dear friends, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I beg you not to have anything to do with any of your people who waste their time and refuse to obey the instructions we gave you. You know that you should follow our example— we didn't waste our time being lazy, and we didn't accept food from anyone without paying for it. We didn't want to be a burden to any of you, so night and day we worked as hard as we could. We had the right not to work, but we wanted to set an example for you. We also gave you the rule that if you don't work, you don't eat. Now we learn that some of you waste your time and won't do any work, except the work of a busybody. So, for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ, we ask and beg these people to settle down and start working for a living. Dear friends, you must never become tired of doing right. Be on your guard against any followers who refuse to obey what we have written in this letter. Put them to shame by not having anything to do with them. Don't consider them your enemies, but speak kindly to them as you would to any other follower. I pray that the Lord, who gives peace, will always bless you with peace. May the Lord be with all of you. I always sign my letters, as I am now doing. Paul I pray that our Lord Jesus Christ will be kind to all of you. Paul's First Letter to Timothy, Chapter 1 from Paul. God our Saviour and Christ Jesus commanded me to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, who gives us hope. Timothy, because of our faith, you are like a son to me. 
I pray that God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ will be kind and merciful to you. May they bless you with peace. When I was leaving for Macedonia, I asked you to stay on in Ephesus and warn certain people there to stop spreading their false teachings. You needed to warn them to stop wasting their time on. You needed to warn them to stop wasting their time on senseless stories and endless lists of ancestors. Such things only cause arguments. They don't help anyone to do God's work that can only be done by faith. You must teach people to have genuine love as well as a good conscience and true faith. There are some who have given up these for nothing but empty talk. They want to be teachers of the law of Moses, but they don't know what they are talking about, even though they think they do. We know that the law is good if it is used in the right way. We also understand that it wasn't given to control people who please God, but to control lawbreakers, criminals, godless people, and sinners. It is for wicked and evil people, and for murderers who would even kill their own parents. The law was written for people who are sexual perverts, or who live as homosexuals, or are kidnappers, or liars, or won't tell the truth in court. It is for anything else that opposes the correct teaching of the good news that the glorious and wonderful God has given me. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord. He has given me the strength for my work because He knew that He could trust me. I used to say terrible and insulting things about Him, and I was cruel. But He had mercy on me because I didn't know what I was doing, and I had not yet put my faith in Him. Christ Jesus, our Lord, was very kind to me. He has greatly blessed my life with faith and love, just like His own. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. This saying is true, and it can be trusted. I was the worst sinner of all, but since I was worse than anyone else, God had mercy on me and let me be an example of the endless patience of Christ Jesus. He did this so that others would put their faith in Christ and have eternal life. I pray that honor and glory will always be given to the only God who lives forever and is the invisible and eternal King. Amen. Timothy, my son, the instructions I am giving you are based on what some prophets once said about you. If you follow these instructions, you will fight like a good soldier. You will be faithful and have a clear conscience. Some people have made a mess of their faith because they didn't listen to their consciences. Two of them are Hymenaeus and Alexander. I have given these men over to the power of Satan, so they will learn not to oppose God. One Timothy, chapter two. First of all, I ask you to pray for everyone. Ask God to help and bless them all, and tell God how thankful you are for each of them. Pray for kings and others in power, so that we may live quiet and peaceful lives as we worship and honor God. This kind of prayer is good, and it pleases God, our Savior. God wants everyone to be saved and to know the whole truth, which is: there is only one God, and Christ Jesus is the only one who can bring us to God. 
Jesus was truly human and he gave himself to rescue all of us. God showed us this at the right time. This is why God chose me to be a preacher and an apostle of the good news. I am telling the truth. I am not lying. God sent me to teach the Gentiles about faith and truth. I want everyone everywhere to lift innocent hands towards heaven and pray without being angry or arguing with each other. I would like women to wear modest and sensible clothes. They should not have fancy hairstyles or wear expensive clothes or put on jewellery made of gold or pearls. Women who claim to love God should do helpful things for others. And they should learn by being quiet and paying attention. They should be silent and not be allowed to teach or to tell men what to do. After all, Adam was created before Eve, and the man Adam wasn't the one who was fooled. It was the woman Eve who was completely fooled and sinned. But women will be saved by having children if they stay faithful, loving, holy and modest. One Timothy, chapter three. It is true that anyone who desires to be a church official wants to be something worthwhile. That's why officials must have a good reputation and be faithful in marriage. They must be self-controlled, sensible, well-behaved, friendly to strangers, and able to teach. They must not be heavy drinkers or troublemakers. Instead, they must be kind and gentle and not love money. Church officials must be in control of their own families. And they must see that their children are obedient and always respectful. If they don't know how to control their own families, how can they look after God's people? They must not be new followers of the Lord. If they are, they might become proud and be doomed along with the devil. Finally, they must be well respected by people who are not followers. Then they won't be trapped and disgraced by the devil. Church officers should be serious. They must not be liars, heavy drinkers, or greedy for money, and they must have a clear conscience and hold firmly to what God has shown us about our faith. They must first prove themselves. Then, if no one has anything against them, they can serve as officers. Women must also be serious. They must not gossip or be heavy drinkers, and they must be faithful in everything they do. Church officers must be faithful in marriage. They must be in full control of their children and everyone else in their home. Those who serve well as officers will earn a good reputation and will be highly respected for their faith in Christ Jesus. I hope to visit you soon, but I am writing these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how everyone who belongs to God's family ought to behave. After all, the Church of the Living God is the strong foundation of truth. Here is the great mystery of our religion: Christ came as a human. The Spirit proved that He pleased God, and He was seen by angels. Christ was preached to the nations. People in this world put their faith in Him, and He was taken up to glory.